Hey guys, and welcome to Is It Just Me? The safe space podcast where we discuss being human and connect over stuff that makes us feel alone. Every episode will tackle validating the human experience to show you just how awesome, sane, and not alone you really are. My name is Kaylin West. All right, let's do this thing. Hey guys, and welcome back to Is It Just Me? Or if you're joining me for the first time, uh, just welcome. Welcome to my show. Welcome to this safe space that we are creating. Um, I would definitely recommend if this is your first time joining me, go back and listen to episode one. Lucky for you, this is only episode two, so you don't have very much to catch up on. But I do think that chronological order is going to be our best friend in all of this since I'm... I think it all, you know, ties into itself and I'm going to do my best to construct this in the most flowing and complimentary way possible. So definitely start with episode one. Uh, that being said, holy shit, <laughs> episode one was such an emotional overhaul for me. Like I told you, I've been planning on doing this podcast, creating it, thinking about it, dreaming about it for like three plus years now. So to finally press submit and do it and see such positive reactions was very overwhelming, uh, to say the least. And I'm so touched by the responses that I've gotten from it. So many people texting me and sharing it and sharing their experience with it, that it gave them something and that makes me so happy because that is my purpose for all of this that's the whole point I want to give you all something something beautiful something valuable something human so I just want to start out by saying thank you to everybody who listened to the first episode and joined me and shared with this and with (laughs) wow (laughs) shared this with me Um, it's frightening. (laughs) And I will definitely tell you that in constructing the second episode, this was like when all the self-doubt and like the self-criticism settled in. And I was like, oh God, well, I got the first one out of the way. Am I going to be able to do it again? Like, that's the scary part of it. So I've worked really hard on this next segment and I'm doing, I've been doing my best to be as impeccable with my word as is humanly possible. And I think I've done that. So (laughs) I'm excited to share this next little bit with you. Um, Once again, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, let's just dive right in. Why not? Okay, so uh, my name's Kaylin West, by the way, if you forgot or were wondering again. Uh, This is episode two. And today our question is, Is it just me or is compassion terrifying? (laughs) Okay, so last week we talked about defining, well, redefining our emotions and we began figuring out how to relate to them in a different way using fear as the guinea pig pig emotion example. So this week uh, I want to expand on those ideas and... As a counterbalance to talking about fear, (laughs) I want to explore the counterintuitive beauty of compassion, specifically compassion towards people who have hurt us and towards ourselves. So I would invite us all to proceed forward 
with curiosity and fascination. So here we go. Why compassion? Okay, compassion, in my humblest of opinions, is one of the most valuable and powerful emotional tools that we have access to in our little emotional toolbox. Compassion deepens our ability to experience empathy and to forgive. It broadens our understanding of other beings, of ourselves, and of our experience as a whole. Compassion is so healing. It's a freaking superpower. (laughs) But the tricky thing is, compassion is really easy when you're dealing with positive experiences, right? But compassion is difficult when dealing with negative experiences. Most people turn off their compassion in the face of negative experiences. But in my opinion, that is when we need to exercise it the most. Exercising compassion when we've been hurt, offended, or betrayed seems completely counterintuitive. It feels like we're just lying down and accepting the negative experience, right? It feels like we're condoning whatever happened to us and no way we're going to do that. So then we limit our compassion to the people and situations that we feel deserve it. Does it sound at all familiar? Okay. But what if the true benefits of compassion exist past our point of comfort? What if... Practicing compassion when we've been wronged towards our wrongdoers is where the magic lies. Does that suggestion make you mad? (laughs) Good. Well then keep listening because this episode is for you. (laughs) I always pay attention to the, the triggers when something makes me angry or frustrated or like feel defensive. That's a big thing to notice if something makes you feel defensive you probably should pay attention to it so again I welcome you to pay attention with curiosity and fascination let's move on okay I will repeat this next truth until I am blue in my otherwise naturally olive tan face to have compassion for other people does not mean condoning their behavior To have compassion for other people does not mean condoning their behavior. Okay, but I get it. The line of distinction between compassion and condoning can be tremendously easy to miss because it feels like one means the other, right? But guys, compassion is her own unique, independent, beautiful self. And condoning is her own unique, independent, beautiful self. And they'd kindly thank you to stop mixing them up. They look nothing alike, okay? So, we are going to take ourselves back to some basics for a moment and consult the dictionary! (laughs) First up, compassion. A feeling of deep sympathy and sorrow for another who is stricken by misfortune, accompanied by a strong desire to alleviate the suffering. Next, condone. To disregard or overlook something illegal, objectionable, or the like. To give tacit, aka silent, approval to. To pardon or forgive an offense. To excuse. Okay, pretty significant differences, right? One definition evokes sympathy, the other evokes a sort of 
inactive pardoning. They are in no way, shape, or form the same thing, so we can just put that assumption to the side. Moving on with our definitions, compassion gives us the choice to feel deep sympathy or sorrow. It also gives us the choice to feel a strong desire to alleviate suffering. You don't have to do either of those things, but if you want to, you can. Condone, on the other hand, gives us the choice to disregard or overlook, to give tacit approval, to pardon or forgive, to excuse. Again, you don't have to do any of those things, but if you want to, you can. I'm pointing this out because, as I promised earlier in episode one, we're going to be talking about and learning to recognize, recognize our choices. Whatever feelings naturally arise in us, simply notice them. And remember that what you think will dictate what you feel and what you think is entirely up to you. I promise you guys that adopting this mentality is a game changer. So now that we understand that having compassion does not mean that we are condoning what happened, what the crap do we do with this? (laughs) So we're specifically talking about compassion in the wake of someone doing something to us that didn't feel great. We find ourselves stuck with these not great, painful, shocking, infuriating, scary, and downright shitty feelings, right? We're angry. We find ourselves wanting to fight back or run. And we find ourselves at the mercy of feeling like there must be something wrong with us for someone to treat us this way. Sound familiar? I mean, perhaps on some level we know that it's not true, but the perceived, I, you know, air quotes, evidence proves otherwise, and from there our perspective is set. Well, perspectives are changeable, and I believe that practicing compassion can help us change our perspectives. But why? Why do we need to change? Why? But we didn't do anything wrong. Why do we have to do anything at all? That doesn't feel right. Well, let me tell you something that I know to be radically true. Hanging on to anger is like swallowing poison and expecting the other person to die. Hanging on to your hurt, your fury, your humiliation, and your indignation only keeps those awful feelings inside of you, where you are the only one suffering. That person who hurt you, they don't feel any of your anger and resentment. You are the one who's paying the price for those continued feelings. And trust me, I get it. I have experienced my share of anger and resentment. I was angry for a nice long time, and frankly, I had every right to be. But... I felt like I had to hang on to that anger in order to prove to my subconscious mind that I didn't deserve what happened in the first place. But carrying around those feelings doesn't make another person's bad behavior or an unfortunate event more wrong. It just makes you heavy with anger and resentment and it becomes a poison, you know? And the longer we let those barbarous emotions stew around inside of us, the more we'll find that we're the only target for their malice. And 
you know, as much as I wish I could tell you that there's a way to turn back the clock and reverse the bad things that have happened to us, there just isn't. We can't erase them. And as much as I wish that I could tell you that there was a surefire way to get those those who have hurt us to see the error of their ways and come crawling back to us with this magical apology that fixes, fixes everything and makes us feel incredible, it just, it doesn't work that way. But what I can tell you is that by practicing compassion, we can work at putting all of those experiences into a healthier perspective that allows us to relate to them differently. A perspective that allows us to stop the cycle of letting the bad things that happen to us define us. So what does that even look like? (laughs) What am I talking about? How do we practice compassion when we're full of anger and hurt? Well, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but we are responsible for everything that we think, feel, and do. So in order to change anything in our heads or hearts, we have to take responsibility for what's ours and put down what isn't. Okay? I can only speak for my own truth, so I'm going to tell you what I've learned to do. You can use this or modify it to a version that works for you, okay? I begin by stepping back from the situation or person with the intent of gaining a more objective perspective. Objectivity allows us to function more rationally than emotionally, and while there are times and places for both functions, I feel that in an already emotionally charged situation, we need a more rational approach, right? At least that's the way that I like to handle it. So I step back and I I look at that person that caused me pain as if they were inside of a glass box. The glass is thick and it's durable, but completely transparent so I can see everything that's inside. Now I can look at them from a safe and protected vantage point that I've created. Okay? Once I've held them there at a distance for a time, allowing myself to process and feel whatever I need to feel. There's no benefit that comes from rushing this stuff. Once I'm ready, I slide on my compassionate glasses and I try to understand why they might have done what they did. I put myself in their shoes and I consider as best as I can what led them from point A to Z. You know, what reasons could possibly be behind their behavior? What misfortunes have they endured that might inform their behavior? And I consider, too, that what we see and know of most people is only the tip of the iceberg. In doing so, I begin to understand just how little their behavior had to do with me and everything to do with who they are. What drove, motivated, and compelled anyone to do something unkind to me is not my responsibility. It's theirs. How I treat others is my responsibility. Doing this helps me clarify the separation of responsibility, and then I have a pretty clear view of the choice in front of me. Whether to carry the box that contains someone else's choices in it with me, along with all the hurt and anger, or to simply put it down. Compassion is ultimately about setting yourself free. It's about release. Releasing yourself from that which doesn't belong to you. 
Release the need to judge or take personally or defend against. Releasing the tendency to pick up and carry around heavy things that don't mean what we think they mean and don't matter as much as we think they matter. Just because something happened to you doesn't mean that you were deserving of it. Just because someone treated you badly doesn't mean that you were deserving of it. Other people's behavior has directly to do with their own perspectives, their own feelings, their own beliefs about their own selves and their own world. It has absolutely nothing to do with you. By having compassion for other people, we can see this and also have compassion for ourselves. Want to go a little deeper? We can learn a lot about someone's internal world by paying attention to how they treat us and others. When people behave violently, whether emotionally or physically, towards others, it's most likely because there is violence within themselves, directed at them, by them. And let's not for a moment pretend that any of us is above this very human condition. We are each our own toughest critic, and for some people, The inner hell is far worse than the outer. By having empathy and compassion for others, we can see all of this, we can protect ourselves, and we can still not condone the behavior that harmed us. By having empathy and compassion for others, we simply see them and return what's theirs to them. That's it. If we can learn to move forward preemptively untangling exterior behavior and happenings from our inherent value, recognizing that human beings project their own pain onto the world around them, the quicker and easier we'll be able to let things go as they come and move on. That, my friends, is the magnanimous beauty of compassion. Not simple, I know. It's a tricky thing to navigate. It's hard to wrap your head around. It feels very counterintuitive. It's not simple right now, or it may not feel or seem or sound simple right now, but I promise you that the more you practice it, it can become simpler. It gets easier. So it takes many people, myself included, a long time to understand this. Meanwhile, we've spent years coupling other people's behavior or random events with our own self-worth. We practice the bad habit of defining who we are by how people treat us and by what happens to us. And the strange thing is, is that it can feel like losing a piece of your identity to begin letting these transgressions and anger go. I very vividly remember sitting in my therapist's office and saying to her, I... I don't know who I am or who I'm going to be if I let all of this go. I honestly, in the moment, did not know what was going to be left. And it was hard for me to realize that. But in realizing that, I also knew that it wasn't true that that's all there is to me. There's so much more. And I want to find it. So in a way, yes, a part of you must die in order for these new parts of you to grow. 
it's not an easy thing, but it's so worth it. There's this beautiful song by the band Bird Talker, if you've ever heard of them. It's called Heavy, and it means a lot to me for a myriad of reasons. But the chorus very simply repeats, leave what's heavy behind. I actually have that line engraved on a bracelet uh, that I wear all the time. It was a gift from that wonderful boyfriend of mine. (laughs) But I like listening to this song and thinking about that sentiment because it reminds me daily to choose to leave my heavy boulders behind. I didn't ask for them, I didn't want them, and I didn't earn them, but somewhere along the line I did choose to pick them up and carry them. And that's okay. I'm a human. And while that makes me capable of great and beautiful things, it also makes me very capable of mistakes. But I've spent a long, hard time cultivating compassion for my old selves that didn't know any better, making way for new selves that do. And I have spent a lot of time cultivating compassion for those who've hurt me so that I may release myself from the disservice of defining myself by that anger. Because I am so much more than that. And it is our inherent right and privilege to honor and carry all that we are. Okay. How are we doing? That was a lot. That one got to me. I don't know how you're feeling, but maybe just take a nice deep breath. (laughs) As we're wrapping up maybe take a moment to just sit and feel what's going on inside there's a lot to process there i know but i hope that it was more illuminating than overwhelming as always take what resonates leave the rest and remember that it's a marathon and not a sprint i want to thank you so much for listening And thank you for taking these little journeys with me. Uh, I'm going to figure out a way to set up comments or messages somehow. Not terribly technologically savvy, but I'm going to figure it out. (laughs) Because I want to hear your feedback and questions. And I want to do the best that I can to answer them and be as clear as I possibly can. Um, Boiling all of this stuff down into like little sound bites is very difficult. So... I'm doing the best that I can, but if I was unclear about something or if you need me to explain in more detail or apply something to, you know, your situation, I am more than happy to do that. So I'm going to figure out how to set up comments and messages. But in the meantime, if you feel inclined to find me on Instagram, you're more than welcome to DM me over there. My Instagram handle is at M-I-S-S-K-U-R-L-Y-K-A-Y. That's Miss Curly with a K. K. <laughs> That's Miss Curly K. Uh, anyway, I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day, and I will see you next time. Mwah. Bye-bye. <laughs>